1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 19th, 2021. My name is Philip Brossom, I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R -R underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic line Atlanta Magic fall to the New York Knicks in a nail-biter, a game that showed why the Magic are still a very good defensive team and why that is not enough. Some major, some major things that we already knew but are still being laid bare with a big, big day coming up later this week. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. Before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching gravity download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the New York Knicks after this game? Check out Locked On Knicks. Want to look ahead to the Brooklyn Nets who stayed in Orlando last night. Actually, Kyrie Irving got some work on the Amway Center floor. And they just sat here waiting for the Orlando Magic to come home. You can check out Locked On Nets. I'll be at the Amway Center on Friday. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On any the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's episode is also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. Also, this episode brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me today, Friday at 12.30 p.m. We'll be watching Moses Moody and Arkansas play. We'll we'll, we'll chat about the Magic, trade deadline, draft for the first half of the game, maybe a little bit longer. We'll see. So join me Friday at 12.30 p.m. That is today at 12.30 p.m. I'm sorry for the late notice. I tried putting it out on Twitter. I'll put it out now. Today at 12.30 p.m., I'll have the link on my Twitter account, at MD, as well as at Daily. Um, but download the Locker Room app and get set to chat some Magic basketball while we watch the NCAA tournament. We'll be focusing uh, on, on Moses Moody of Arkansas, since he is a potential pick for the Magic. We'll get it all out of the way. Uh, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I'm looking forward to trying it out and talking to you all. But first, we got to start with the Orlando Magic's loss to the New York Knicks. A 95 94 frustrating sweat fest in a lot of ways. Um, Just, you know, before the game even started, we knew this was going to be a bit of a mess. Um, The Knicks were down essentially all their point guards. Frank Nilakina, the only point guard on the roster. Um, Julius Randle ended up with 17 assists. That's how desperate they were for, for playmaking. Point guard and Julius Randle's a, a much better passer than I think anyone thought he could ever be. Um, the Magic were down Michael Carter-Williams and, of course, down uh, down all the regular guys. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony. Um, Aaron Gordon back in the lineup playing backup point guard. We, we knew this game was going to be a bit of an offensive mess. Um, and it was. You had two very good defensive teams. And, and the Magic are playing good defense, which I'll point out coming up in a little bit. Um, and they... They exchanged body blows the entire game. Um, this was this was a rough game, um, and Orlando's offense predictably kind of hit the tank. Uh, the way I would describe this game, we'll get to the end, but the way I would describe this game was always felt like the Magic were taking one step forward and, and two steps back. They started the game with some great offensive force. They made some shots. Everything looked good. They built a double digit lead. And then it all just went away. They broke the lineup. That second unit couldn't sustain any of the offensive uh, play that the Magic had. Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon both looked like they were trying to get themselves in rhythm. And that's fine. I, I, I'm not necessarily against it, but it definitely took the Magic a little bit out of sync. Um, again, and just some of that is just they have no one else to set them up. Those guys have to set up their own shots and set up the shots for everyone else. It is a huge responsibility. and And, you know, this was one of the... First games in a while that Nikola Vucevic just never really got himself going. The, the Knicks did a really good job crowding him and doubling him. They had good defender and Taj Gibson on him. Um, just, just, it just It was just a really disjointed offensive game for the Magic for three quarters. But the Magic's defense was game. Not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of opportunities to get out in transition. Yes, um, Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock were the beneficiaries of the, all the attention the Magic gave to Julius Randle. They hit a bunch of threes but not really enough to pull completely away. Um, That didn't really happen until the third quarter um, when the Knicks started hitting some shots and hitting some threes uh, and started to get some distance. They built as much as a 16-point lead in the third quarter. So again, Magic took a step forward. They were defending well. They they, they had some early offensive success and then took two steps back and they found themselves in a hole and it was just like, how is this team going to survive? They, they just they just cannot score consistently enough. Even with Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon back in the lineup, this, the offense just wasn't consistent enough and that's that's just like the, the story of every game at this point is is the offense going to show up? Is, are more than two or three players going to be able to score with any consistency? And again, there were some moments like I thought Alf Rukiminu played really well at the beginning of the game uh, getting his offense going. There's, there, there were moments for everyone. Hardly enough, hardly enough to to really change this game. And again, this is you look at the score. This is this is a game that you hold a team to ninety five points in this NBA. That that should be that shouldn't just be a win. That should be a blowout, to be frank. That's that's the way this league works now. Um, And and again, I'm not against defensive battles like this. I don't mind them. But man, it just it there were so many possessions where the Magic just didn't look like they had much purpose. Um, you know, Steve Clifford throws that word around and it's, it's kind of a coachism. And, and yeah, I do kind of take on the words that the coach uses because um, that's, that's how he describes it. But when, when I think of what purpose of play means, I, mean, I, I think it means just an intention to do something. You watch the tape, you watch the, the offense and how it's running and you're just like, what are they trying to accomplish in this play? What is the purpose of what they're doing? Uh, or, or, or what what are they trying to create and how are they playing to make sure they create that option that's what purpose of play means and, and, and just this feels like the magic lack it lack that um a, a term that I'm coming to to, to use and I'll, I'll define it here is offensive force um and to me that is just an offense's ability to impose itself on the game um whether it's by driving to the basket um by getting to the foul line, just just away an offense, even when the shots aren't falling, um, is able to make the defense worry about it. Um, the Magic just, they don't have any of that. It comes and goes, though. So the Magic were down by 16. They cut the lead to six on a Kem Birch buzzer beater by the end of the third quarter, and it looks like we have a game. And indeed, we did. Orlando would scurry back and take the lead in the fourth quarter by as much as five points. And that's when things again began to crumble. The Knicks tightened up their defense. Julius Randle made some all-star plays, made some tough shots over Kim Birch. The Magic had a couple slips defensively. Uh and the Knicks were back up five. But the Magic were not done. And you gotta and we're not in the business of moral victories, but the Magic are fighting. As as much as everything has sucked for this team, as as much adversity as they've had to go through, as much as as much as this this group has not been able to get everything to fall correctly and, and and again the frustration is becoming more clear. Um they they're trying really hard. Um uh, you know I I know there's a there's a faction of fans that are happy that this team is losing. These players are not trying to lose games. Nothing they're doing is intentionally to lose games. They are fighting. They're fighting hard. Um and, and you can see it they 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 just don't have enough and, and again, that's, that's a bigger statement in and of itself that they just, they're just not able to put all the pieces together enough to, to win these games. And you know, maybe that says something really big about this team that, that that's, that's a little unsettling or a little uncomfortable or a little bit um, or, or, or anything like that. But the Magic have had to ask a lot of these players um, a lot more than they thought they'd have to ask of them and, and they have not been able to answer those questions. And, you know, that's, that's fair. That's, I think that's a fair thing to say. But Orlando down by five after an and one uh, by Alec Burks came back into the game. Um, you know they 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 were able to to get a key shot. They were able to get a three pointer from Evan Fournier that cut the lead to to one. I believe. Um, they they were able to force a jump ball. Um, you know again down by down by four. They hit a three pointer. Get get it down to one with about what forty seconds left. Um, the the Knicks inbound the ball. The Magic are able to trap it and get a jump ball. Evan Fournier doing a great job to force that jump ball. Um, Nick, Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic doing a great job to trap, playing with that desperation and urgency that the Magic need to break a, an eight-game losing streak. Um, and then on the but on the final play of the game, it was again a step back. It wasn't the only turnover that the Magic had down the stretch. Nikola Vucevic stepped on the out of bounds line. Um, Dwayne Bacon missed a wide open three that would have given the Magic a, a two a, a two point lead. I believe, um, or one-point lead at least, um, with about 40 seconds to play. The Magic did plenty to win this game, but mistakes at the critical key moments will haunt them and will frustrate them. It's never always about that last moment, but those last moments do stand out. Evan Forney, knowing that the Knicks were going to blitz the screen and roll with Nikola Vucevic, with the shot clock off and the Magic down by one, tried to anticipate the trap. Instead of letting it come and making a play out of it, he tried to beat the trap before it was set. So he tried to, he jumped in the air, tried to loft a pass over Reggie Bullock. Bullock was able to intercept it, get it out to Alec Burks, and Burks was able to run to the other end of the court and run out the clock before the magic could get to him. Um, A frustrating way to end the game, frustrating way to end what felt like a golden opportunity to uh, get a win and break this losing streak before playing a gauntlet of a schedule. Um, and you know, you could you could sense the desperation. You could sense the frustration from the Magic, especially toward the end of the game. Some of the mistakes that they were making, you could you could see the frustration with themselves. They know they're better than this. They know that they can beat these teams. They know. I mean, everyone on the mat. You know, I, I think it was Fournier said. You know, the Knicks are kind of a mirror image of the Magic. They're not a team that has a, a any like. Top level players again. Julius Randle's an All Star. This is not an insult to anyone on the Knicks. The Knicks have had a fantastic season. They're a great team. Um, they rely on their defense the same way the Magic do. They rely on every player working together and making things work and kind of grinding out victories. They, you know, the, the Steve Clifford, Tom Thibodeau, they're friends. They 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 have the same coaching philosophies. Thibodeau brought Clifford into the NBA. Um, they, they're not. They're, you know, they're, they're, These two teams are very, very similar and, and what they're hoping to accomplish and what they can't accomplish and how they're trying to build are very, very similar similar things. Um, and the Magic certainly feel like this is a team that they can beat. Um, despite their record, I think the Magic feel like the, the Knicks are at their level still or they're at the Knicks' level, I should say, because the Knicks are ahead of them in the standings, obviously. Um, but the Magic just, just unable to make the plays down the stretch. They know it. And, and they just seem utterly frustrated by it. The New York Knicks defeat the Orlando Magic 95-94. to 94. We'll run through the box score, talk about the offense and the defense in just a little bit. But now it's time to name our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It is obviously best to have fun, and right now it's not fun to be a Magic fan. It, is, it has been a rough couple weeks, and I hate to say it's probably a, about to get a little rougher, but we do want to recognize someone uh, this week that had a good week, that that has done good things and continues to do good things for for the franchise and for the team, and, and serves our recognition. So this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week—it's not a player at all; it's a coach. It's Coach Stan Heath of the Lakeland Magic. Last year, Player of the Week was the Lakeland Magic in general for getting to the G League Championship game. They won it last Thursday. Today, they are G League champions, and Stan Heath is the G League coach of the year. For those that don't know, Stan Heath is the winningest, is, has the most wins in the G League over the last three years since the Lakeland Magic moved to Lakeland. Um, he has been a pillar for that organization. He's been someone that Steve Clifford has talked very highly about, someone that you know, Clifford said he and Heath still talk about. Still talk fairly regularly. It would not surprise me if Heath is hanging around the Magic a little bit um, now that the G League season is over. Would not surprise me if Stan Heath ends up on an NBA bench. I'd love him to be on the Magic's bench uh, at some point because the player development that he has done with the Lakeland Magic is incredible. I don't think people appreciate how difficult it is to be a head coach in the G League. The roster is constantly shifting with players moving up and down, uh, like in the bubble itself actually, the Magic's top scorer, Mamadou Diakite, was called up by the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, he was on a two-way contract with the Bucks. He was called up to the Bucks. Uh, and and so the Magic lost their top scorer in the middle of their season as they're making a playoff push. But that's life in the G League. Um, it's a different roster every year. You have to build continuity. You have to build, you don't have continuity to rely on. You have to build habits and build culture. And if, the Lakeland Magic are supposed to have the same kind of guiding philosophies as the Orlando Magic, and again, GM, General Manager Anthony Parker, also someone who should be getting a look at bigger jobs elsewhere too, has done a fantastic job putting together that roster for the last three years. They were Eastern Conference finalists in 2019. They were set to make the playoffs for a second straight year in 2020, and obviously this year they made the playoffs as a sixth seed. And won the G League Championship. So we want to give our kudos to them and especially to Coach Stan Heath. This one is on us. So remember, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. With 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, joy creates success. It's not the end game. It's the whole game. Today's podcast, also brought to you by our pals at Bet Bet BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. So football might be over, but the NCAA tournament just picking up, the NBA heading toward the playoffs, and the NHL is there. We, we like the NHL. We're just, we're joking. Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. online They're your online sportsbook experts. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Easter, the daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Let's run through the final box score real fast as the Orlando Magic fall to the New York Knicks. 95 to 94. Interesting st- or 94-93, excuse me. Um, interesting statistical anomaly here. Both teams with a 102 offensive rating. Um, so, you know, again, this is this game was neck and neck. Literally a dead heat. On a per possession basis. So uh, again, the Magic had every chance to win this game. As I've told numerous people, my expectation is when you have the chance to win the game, you need to win the game. It's frankly disheart. I would, I-, I think, I think people would be okay. I think I would be okay with this loss if the Magic had gotten a shot on that last possession. The fact they couldn't even get a shot on that last possession, um, I- I'm sure Steve Clifford felt very upset about it. I know Evan Fournier was very upset about. it. He ripped his jersey off. Um, it's it's disheartening, um, you know. Again, at least I mean, as, as bad as the sh- shot and the decision making was to take that shot um, in the Miami game, at least Dwayne Bacon got a shot off. But Evan Fournier largely had a very good game. Team high twenty three points, nine for twenty one shooting, four for eleven from beyond the arc, including four assists and two steals. Um, that's for especially for Fournier playing his first game in in a few weeks. That was really good. Um, and again, he made, he made the error at the end, and I thought he had a really bad defensive possession in a key moment as well that gave the Knicks a five-point lead, but he made up for it. I mean, He scored 13 of his 23 points in the fourth quarter. He made four three-pointers uh, in that fourth quarter, if I'm not mistaken. I actually have that pulled up right here. Um, the, yeah, three for four on threes in the fourth quarter, so three of his four three-point makes in the fourth quarter. He did everything you could ask for. And again, I felt like first half, and Aaron Gordon was in the same boat too, it felt like they were both kind of feeling their way they're trying to force their offense a little bit and impose themselves a little bit more kind of took the magic out of their offense a little bit with, but you kind of expect that with guys just coming back from injury and guys playing their first game after being hurt for so long um just just trying to get their get themselves in there and especially because Evan and Aaron have the ball in their hands so much they're so vital to this team they're going to have more opportunities to kind of to make sure that they're in rhythm and focus on themselves a little bit um which ha- which i think definitely happened but by the fourth quarter both Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier were were doing everything that they're supposed to do to make this team better to help this team improve again Evan Fournier 23 points 9 for 21 shooting carried the team through the fourth quarter cannot ask for anything more from Evan Fournier i, I can actually just don't turn the ball you know the one turnover he had was the killer had again had 3 fouls one of them was killer as well. Um, some very big errors late in the game, but overall a, a strong game for Evan Fournier considering uh, he was out for so long. Aaron Gordon, also surprisingly, a solid game. 17 points, 6 for 11 shooting, 5 rebounds, 7 assists, no turnovers for Aaron Gordon. Um, Gordon said after the game that, you know, one thing he is still figuring out and learning is when to impose himself when he needs to focus on getting his own shot, when he needs to be working to get other shots. And, you know, that's something that you learn as a player anyway. And I think that's something that we all agree Aaron is still learning. Um, But as a point guard especially, that balance and understanding that balance is really key. And it's going to be something interesting to watch um, if Aaron Gordon remains on the team, of course, uh, over the next week. It's going to be interesting to watch as Aaron Gordon takes on this backup point guard role. um, Whether that's something that'll happen again Friday, um, it's not clear if Michael Carter-Williams will be ready to play. Michael Carter-Williams missed the game um, because of a non-COVID illness. Um, he's, he was not feeling good, did not feel like he could play uh, before the game, and that's why the Magic had to go with just and Randall at point guard. Um, Gordon, again, I thought sometimes a little too many dribble moves. You know, some of the things that frustrate us about Aaron Gordon, I, I remember distinctly sitting there saying, I did not miss this part of Aaron Gordon's game when he was out. Um, but... Uh, again, just uh, he's trying to get his, get himself into the flow of things. I thought he did in the fourth quarter. Both him and Evan Fournier are the reason the Magic had a chance to win this game. Otherwise, this game would have been a blowout um, in a lot of ways. So, give, Aaron, give give Aaron the credit he deserves there. Nikola Vucevic, first kind of bad game he's had in a while. 17 points, eight for 20 shooting, one for six from beyond the arc. 16 rebounds, did a good job on the glass. Four assists, two blocks, but four turnovers. Again, everyone is double-teaming Nikola Vucevic. Someone else has to beat the has to beat the opponents when the Magic are playing them, um, because Vuce is you know Vuce is carrying the team. He was bound to have a game like this where just the shots were not going to fall, uh, and he wasn't able to kind of get the team moving himself. And and some of it too is the Magic just had so little flow offensively they couldn't get him the ball in good spots. Um, there's one play where Vuce had to beat the shot clock and did this weird you know wrong-footed fadeaway jumper that was just terrible um, and, and just, you know, kind of laughable at how bad the shot was. But again, end of the shot clock situation. Um, the Knicks did a good job defensively on him. They doubled him at the right times. They, they kind of kept him off balance. But Booch also missed shots just like everyone else. Magic just did not shoot the ball particularly well in this game. So Booch is allowed a bad game here and there. Can't do it again on Friday against the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Jason Randall got the start. Five points. One for four shooting. Missed both of his three-pointers. Three turnovers and a minus 12 for the game. Um, the NBA is all about opportunity. Um, this is a big opportunity for Jason Randall, uh, And it, it the whole experience of being on the Magic is a big opportunity for him. Uh, and I don't think that he is doing well with it. Um, I, I am not impressed with his skills as a point guard. His ability to get the Magic into their offense uh, and, and to kind of execute and organize this team. Um, you know, he has, I think, been singled out on one occasion by by Steve Clifford for you know saying, "Oh, he's been here long enough. You should know how we want to defend. You should know how we want to run things." Um, and, and it's it just it's just not clicking. Um, you know, I just I, I just don't think it's clicking. This this guy just may not be an NBA player. And again, I saw some people criticizing, like, why why did the Magic sign him? And then, well, this is a two way contract. You're you're kind of shooting in the dark a little bit sometimes with these two way contracts. The Magic shouldn't be relying on Jason Randall to be their starter. But that's just kind of where we are in the season. So just a rough game for him. I want to give special notice to three players off the bench as well. Ken Birch, seven points, two for four shooting, three rebounds. But yeah, we all know Ken Birch's numbers are not about the stats. His defense was really good. I thought he did a great job on Julius Randle when he was matched up with him. Randall made some tough shots on him. Um, but I thought, Rain- I thought Birch was really solid defensively. Um, really nice game from him. Um, active on the offensive glass, which obviously matters too. So I really liked Cam Burch's game, um, but that shouldn't take away from Mo Bamba either. Mo Bamba played really well too. Five points, two for five shooting, one for three from beyond the arc, three rebounds, two blocks. Um, again, maybe a little overeager early in the game. That's kind of been Bamba's thing. Is, and, and that's the thing with all young centers, especially young centers who are shot blockers in college. They tend to just overextend for blocks. And when they miss them, they get beat. Um, when they when they get them, it's nice, but more often than not, they're getting beat. Um, Bamba was maybe a step slow in rotations in the first half, but his second half run was fantastic. Um, I really thought that his play and his energy helped the Magic start that comeback in the third quarter. They're down by 16 in the third quarter. They started making some making their move to cut it to six by the end of the third quarter. Um, and I, Bamba had a block in that stretch. He had a three, I think, early in the fourth quarter. Um, did a lot of really good things. So it was really great on the offensive glass or on the defensive glass, just securing rebounds um, and challenging shots without overextending himself, without getting out of position. Um, and that's that's again, that's the key for Mobamba. I, I tell you guys this all the time. People are like, why is himo playing? Why is himo playing? It's not about the big things. It's not about the block shots. It's not even really about the scoring. It's about the little things. It's about being in the right place at the right time, making the right reads challenging shots and changing them without necessarily blocking them and losing your defensive position. And then when the time comes to make the big play. And, and Bamba did all that throughout the course of this game. So a really nice game for Mo Bamba um, in just 12 minutes of play. Um, again, I, I, I think we'll see what happens with Kembert obviously Thursday. Um, Bamba's going to get his time. And, and the rest of the season is going to be really, really big for Mo Bamba. Um, Chuma Okiki I thought had a really nice game. Um, five points, two for seven shooting. I don't mind him taking shots. I think it's good that he's feeling confident enough to take shots. they got to trust that they'll go in at some point. Um, nine rebounds was the big thing, as well as two, two assists. Um, I thought his defense was really solid, as usual. Um, did a great job on the glass. Made some really tough rebounds. And again, he had one, one, of, one of his shots. Um, his, his two-pointer was a really nice driving layup. So we're seeing good signs from Chumo Kiki. We just want to see him continue to put those pieces together, uh, and things will be all right. The Magic shoot 42.7% from the floor, 10 for 34 from beyond the arc, just 29.4%. They only turned the ball over 10 times, so they did good there. Um, A lot of them dead ball turnovers, so the Knicks didn't get uh, a lot of transition opportunities. Um, But the Knicks do win 94 to 93. Alec Burks with 21 points, 10 rebounds. Frank Nilikino with 13 points. RJ Barrett with 17 points. Reggie Bullock with 20 points on 6 for 13, shooting from beyond the arc. And Julius Randle with a triple-double. 18 points, 10 rebounds, 17 assists on just 8-for-20 shooting. So Nikola Vucevic and Julius Randle cancel each other out scoring-wise, but Julius Randle able to get the ball moving as essentially the Knicks point guard and, and crux of the team. I'd I honestly like to see the Magic use Vucevic the way uh, the Knicks use Randle, although Randle's a little bit of a better ball handler. The New York Knicks defeat the Orlando Magic 94-93. to We'll chat a little bit about the offense and why... It's the same old story coming up here in just a moment. But first, here in Orlando, your car is so important. There's just no way to get around this beautiful city, the city beautiful, without your vehicle. And while we're all annoyed by the traffic on I-4, if you take care of your car yourself, to go to the best and that's why you got to check out rockauto.com it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for the past 20 years so go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, so quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in there. How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We've also been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is amazing. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar. Madness. Everything's being bracketed these days, so we're gonna we're gonna do Built Bar Madness here too. Go check out Built the latest matchup today at BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at bar underscore Built. And remember to use promo code Locked fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order. That is is fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchups and who's moving on in the tournament to determine the best tasting protein bar. Get more analysis on the top prospects available in this year's NBA Draft at the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Also, don't forget to join us on Locker Room Friday today at 12.30 p.m. We'll be watching along as Moses Moody in Arkansas try to advance to the second round. We'll talk for through the first half at least maybe a little bit longer, depending on how things go. So bring your magic questions, your magic conversation, and we'll talk about anything you want to over on the Locker Room app. Again, that's Friday, today at 12.30. I apologize again for the late notice. What I'm about to say here is not new. It's not novel. It's not in, It's not particularly deep. Um, it's not anything crazy or, or something that, is, you know, uni- a unique take. I'm not going to give you a unique take here. This is perhaps one of the more obvious takeaways that I can have from a, a game. And, and, and it's been one we've been talking about or talking around for so long. The Magic's offense is terrible. Everyone knows it. We know it. The league knows it. This is not a good offensive team. Again and again and again and again, we're seeing a team that just doesn't have enough scoring consistently to compete. Sure, some of that is the injuries. Markel Foltz is one of the best drivers on the team. Jonathan Isaac's obviously a great defender, but really solid uh, you know, in, in the small roles that he has. But the thing is, even with them, even if the Magic were at full health, it's hard to imagine that this would have been a good offensive team. That's something that Steve Clifford freely admits.
0: Yeah, I don't know. That's the question. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I mean, again, it's going to start with us defending. We, we Look, I mean, just, we don't have, you know, there's not a lot of points in our roster. You know, and we're not going to be, I told them that at the beginning of the year when we had any, Everybody. You know, it was going to be, our goal was to be a top 15, 16, 17 offensive team. So when guys get back and get into rhythm, um, there's always things you can look for. It's, uh, you know, offense is going to be a challenge for this group. That's just the way it is. That's the way our team is built. To
1: some extent, that's, that's, that's fine. Now, not every team in the league is going to be the best offensive team in the league. But on another hand, this is the core of the problem. You can hear it in the way Steve Clifford's describing it. The Magic entered the season knowing their formula for success. The way that this team could be good is if they were a top 10 defensive team, an elite defensive team, and their offense was merely in the top half of the league. It's not exactly reaching for the stars, so to speak, and of course the championship teams are top 5 in both, or top 10 in both. have Both can both rely on their offense and their defense. The bottom line is the Magic really only have one way to win, defending well enough that their offense can get by. But... This season has seemingly exposed that weakness even more. This season has seemingly shown that defense is, is really not enough. Yes, the Magics defense has slipped considerably this year. Um, they were top 10 in the league defensively um, over the last few over the last few years, over the last two seasons. But This year, they've dropped to 17th, giving up 111.7 points per 100 possessions. However, since the All-Star break, we have seen the Magic play elite defense. As Steve Clifford said um, to the team and to the media, the goal for the second half of the season was to be a top 10 defensive team. And that would at least give the Magic the chance to win games. Magic have done that. They're fifth in the league since the All-Star break and four games since the All-Star break, giving up 106.2 points per 100 possessions. These are small sample sizes. But still, that's, that's huge progress. The Magic defense has played well enough to win. So what are the numbers? 111 against the Heat. In the first game, it was 107 against the Spurs and, and that blowout loss. Um, 102 on Sunday against the Heat. And then 95, 94 against the Knicks on Thursday. That's All those numbers are good enough to win in this modern NBA. A lot of teams would kill for those raw defensive numbers. And obviously... The per-possession numbers are pretty good, too. Unfortunately, the Magic also have the worst offense in the league in that same time, scoring 96.4 points per 100 possessions. Their offense, they scored 102 points per 100 possessions in the loss to the Knicks. They missed a ton of open three-pointers. They missed a ton of open shots. A lot of players, Evan Fournier included, said the Magic's offense was fine on Thursday. Some extent I'll give them I'll agree to that. There's a lot of missed shots that were that were made. The Knicks are a really good defensive team. But it just feels like the problem is more than that. It feels like this isn't simply about making and missing shots
0: i mean i think it's you know a mix of things and it depends on each game i think tonight know we did have some looks you know that we usually do make and we just didn't cover tonight and sometimes it's just you know the rhythm of the offense how we play and you know how well we execute and know how you know quickly make we make the right play and the right read and you know sometimes you know we tend to you know wait a little bit to move the ball and you know defense gets you know set especially against team like new york where they don't give you much and when you have opportunities, you have to take advantage of them. So um, there's just such a mix of things. I think also, you know, with so many guys injured, it, it's always you no know, different lineups out there. It's always you we know, have to play a different way. Like tonight, when only had Jason as a point guard, so that's difficult. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I think it's just a mix of things. Uh, but I mean, even I mean, when we are full, you know, full health, I mean, we're obviously not the team with the most you know firepower in the NBA.
1: None of this is rocket science, as Nikola Vucevic points out. It's it's nothing is none of this is news to anyone that's watched this team. The Magic are 28th in the league in offensive rating. They haven't had a top 15 15 offensive rating since the 2012 season, since Dwight Howard was in Orlando. In fact, they haven't had a top 20 offensive rating since Dwight Howard was in Orlando. It's it's a long time to just be lost offensively. Um, that the team just doesn't have a way to play to score consistently. There's no one to force the ball into the paint to get foul shots. There's no one to consistently hit shots off the dribble or create their own shots. Everything has to be working in perfect order. And obviously what we've seen this year is a team that is so injured that they aren't able to score consistently. They aren't able to rely on the same players tonight, tonight except for Nikola Vucevic, who has turned in incredible offensive performances. Not in this game, of course. But the bottom line is this. We're a week away from the trade deadline. We're staring at the team's future. There are big decisions to make, but what is abundantly clear is that this team can defend. Steve Clifford can teach his defensive principles. He can get even largely recognized poor defenders to defend at a high level. At this point, the Magic should trust their culture that they will defend. And in fact, to me, that will be the most important marker for the rest of the season is this team still putting in the effort defensively, even if they're not getting the results? The healthiest thing for this team's culture at this point, besides winning and making a playoff run, is to still be a strong defensive team, even if they can't score. Because it's going to be tough to score. The trade deadline is expected to gut this team's offense, with most likely Evan Fournier getting traded, and quite possibly Aaron Gordon, too. Uh, at a time when they're about to go on a West Coast trip, so things—Magic are on a nine-game losing streak right now. Things are about things could very well get worse coming up here in, in this next stretch. But what is abundantly clear, what is clear beyond a shadow of doubt, something that we have talked about on this podcast and just deserves repeating: the Magic need to make some investments in their offense. The draft will help for sure. But the magic need guys who can put the ball in the basket, who can shoot it consistently, who can get to the basket, create their own shot. They need guys who can score. Because at the end of the day, their defense is good, but it's not good enough to make up for how bad their offense is. That's good to do for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. Find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts if you're tuning in. To Himalaya, play Spotify. And all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Oh and don't forget, join us today, Friday, March 19th, on the Locker Room app at 12.30 p.m. We're going to watch the first half, at least, of Moses Moody's game against uh, with Arkansas in the NCAA Tournament. We'll talk all things Magic, how the team's done this year, what the team needs to do next year, the draft trade deadline. Anything you want, come join us in locker room at 12.30 today, Friday, March 19th for some magic conversations. We'll hopefully try and make that fairly regular on Fridays. We'll we'll, we'll we'll see moving forward. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily, Locked on Magic, this is We'll see you all again next time for another episode of the-